speaks with practitioner and cultural consultant Kelly Kahukiwa, no Te Arawa Iwi, about entering the world of music through jazz musician Stu Buchanan. Starting with the saxophone and then focusing on Taonga Puoro, Kelly shares insights into his mahi of building bridges of cultural understanding through his practice of Māori ori. He gives back to the Ngahere with the oro and the fear of Puoro and helps to obtain positive outcomes for ngai Māori. Whakarongo pikari mai. Kote piko o te mahuri koia te tipu o te rākau, he rito tangata, he mauri oro, he mauri reo, he mauri ora. Tēnā tātou katoa e te whānau e whakarongo mai ana ki tēnei o ngā whiti whiti ngā kōrero i runga i te pūrangi. Ko horomono horo tōku ingoa, tēnei au ka mihi ake ki a tātou. Nō reira, mō tēnei kaupapa, ko te rere atu, ko te rere mai o te reo o ngā taonga pūoro o hina raukatauri, o hine putehue, o hine moana mā, tai atu rā ki te whakatīnanatanga o tāwhiri mātea tāne mahuta tangaroa mā. Tēnei te mihi ki ngā mārei kura, ki ngā whatukura o tīrā mai te au atua ki te au tangata nei rā te mihi ake ki a tātau. Kia ora rā e te whānau. Welcome to the podcast series of Haumanu Collective. I am humbled and honoured to be a part of this kaupapa of Haumanu Collective and having these fiti fiti kōrero for all the whānau around the motu and around the ao to hear kōrero from our practitioners, from our kaiwhakatangitangi, from our manu tiori involved in the world of Taonga Puoro Māori. And tonight we are humbled and privileged to uh, steer the waka to te tai tokerau to uh, the far north of Aotearoa and uh, welcome to our Fiti Fiti Kōrero practitioner, musician and artist He Manatane, a brother from another mother it is a wonderful privilege to welcome to our Fiti Fiti Kōrero Tēnā koe rā e te hoa e Kelly Kahukiwa oh, Tēnā koe te tuakana, mauri ora mauri ora, ngā mihi atu ki tēnei o ngā kupu Ko whāriki hia i mua e tātou nei, kia parata huarahi, kia pai ai te kōruru, kia pai ai tēni te whakawhiti whakāro e pāna i ene o ngā taonga. Uh, engari, he tēno mihi tēnei e ki te oro tuatahi o te ao. Rā ko i o masua kore, he hoa noa he mihi nui, he mihi whakahoki ki a koe e hoa e tō whānau. 
Te Nga Mihi Ehua. It's a, a wonderful privilege to have this opportunity or this particular way where uh, Taonga Pūro practitioners from all around the Motu and around the Ao can actually um, have a time just to fiti fiti kōrero, to have a discussion in and around Taonga Pūro. Uh, Manu Collective was initiated by our predecessors, the likes of uh, Dr. Hirini Melbourne, Dr. Richard Nunns, Papa Te Poro, Malcolm, uh, Papa Bruce Gregory Ma, who, through the revitalization of our Taonga Puro, opened up this doorway of Taonga Puro and the many facets that comes with it. And in amongst the journey, I know you've done a lot of things with Taonga Puro in your journey of life. And so just to uh, let the whanau know, e hua, no hea koe, i mai koe, i hea. So where are you from? And, and actually, what started your journey with Taonga Puro, brother? Fu tino pata i a tene hoa. Um, me hoki whakaaro au ki um, a te ahunga mai a tene o te whanau kahukiwa hua nō. Uh, he momo taku-taku tenei, o he momo patere tenei uh, nō matua Ngāti Whakaue, uh, hua nō. He yeah, mi tīmata mai pēnei. Noho Tuki tuki anara toku hoi ki ngā toi toi o kere maurawa. Takurere i te awa tapu wika ki ngā huka huka wahi i te rea e taku tai atu ki te kūrae o te ihu o tamate kapua e koko ia e arahe. Ako utu hina te awa, rere atu ki rotorua nui a kahu kei reira, ako te ukai pō ko awahini mutu, Tupuaki o kei reira ki te pā o Ngāti Whakaue, ko tūno opu tēnei mihi atu, ko tai o tū tēnei mihi atu. Whakawhiti atu ki ngā whāruarua tūhoi, ko tēnei ahu mai, tēnei te kahukiwa mai waiohau, hua nō ko patu huhu te, te hapū, he mihi nui ki tēnei o mātou nei o ngai tūhoi, Ngāti Whakaue anō, engari whakawhiti ki te tai rāwhiti, Ko te aitanga maha ki tēnei e mihi anō ki a koutou, ko te whānau Haronga, ko taku nei kuia, ko Maura Haronga nō rotoa o Mangatū. Tērā momo wahi ko Maunga Haumita Maunga kei reira. Hoa anō, ka hoki mai au ki te ukai pō i ahu mai au i roto o Hinemutu. Hoa anō, ko Ngāti Whakaui tēnei, mihi atu ki a koutou. Engari, noho anau whai atu ki tēnei, uh, o mātou, uh, pēnei ihenga uh, ki te nōta, uh, ka nohoa ki whāngarei tēnei wā. Ki kōnei, ki te taone nui he wāhi, ko te ahi pūpūrangia ihenga, ko tēnei te ingoa tūturu o uh, Whāngarei Town Basin. Hua anō, uh, ko tēnei te Māori, i whakatēna tēna atu ki au nei, uh, ka haramai ki a haramai uh, ki kōnei ki Whāngarei. Uh, nō reira, he mihi nui ki a koe, uh, ki a koutou hoki uh, te hunga kaiwhakorongo. Māori ora. 
when I was at Kura, actually, I had this. I went to a school which was called. We got told to call it Mighty Ho because it's actually called Mighty Ho. But um, 99.5% of all those akonga that could have called it Mariha. <laughs> and um, when I first went into my um, Kura Reo Māori class, um, I had this tuhoi fellow and his name was Ollie Olsen. Keep call to after school was my um, kaiako. And I just went in there, I was a bit starstruck. And um, I was like, oh, far out, Ollie Olsen's our kaiako. And uh, the first thing he said was, oh, make sure that you are part of the 0.5% that goes around the kura and calls it Mariho. So um, that was my introduction really into... Um, Te taringa Māori again, you know, because we grew up in Ohunimutu, moved to Christchurch and sort of started to lose our reo. And yeah, and so being a Māori ho, this fellow from Te Kuitze, his name is Stu Buchanan, and Stu Buchanan came along as the puoro teacher. Gee, he So he was a sheep shearer, Pākehā fellow from Te Kuitze who hung out with other Māori sheep shearers and was fluent in te reo Māori. So he, and I thought he was Māori actually for years. And so he was this fellow who ran a... Um, Oh, he's into Charlie Parker. He was into John Coltrane. He was into Stanley Turrentine. And um, so every weekend I started to get my schooling with this fellow here, this um, place called the CSIM, Christchurch School of Instrumental Music. And at that stage, I was just transitioning out of being a rugby league head, changed into being a rugby head, play for New Brighton Rugby, play for Parklands Rugby League. And um, had an accident on the side of a milk truck where my driver drove me into a power pole and crushed my um, ankle so I couldn't play rugby anymore. So luckily enough, I had done a few lessons with this fellow at school. And he said, oh, okay, well, you obviously you're meant to play music. So um, I started the transition out of rugby mentality, you know, where, you know, every single player in every team, you know, uh, all the number 10s, you know, all the number 12s and every team worldwide pretty much. And went, oh, far here, momo wa tenu. So instead of knowing those, I started to learn about all these uh, heavyweight musicians of the world. So it's kind of an introduction into improvised music and to jazz. And uh, he always told me, you know, don't ever forget about your um, your own music, Ipuro, and he, I remember he had a little tutu on um, the mouthpiece and he said, oh, you can make your mouthpiece sound like, um, you know, these Puro that come from Te Ao Māori. And oh, yeah, I didn't really take too much notice, but the seed was planted and I started to, I remember going back to Rotorua one day and just seeing this really cool as um, Pofa Kairo in the middle of town of Tutanekai playing this like saxophone, bro, instead of playing, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I suppose it's supposed to be like a putorino, but it looked exactly like a saxophone. I was like, oh, far out, there's the tohu right there. Um, <laughs> I'm meant to be playing saxophone. I just come home and, you know, um, and I suddenly started to click for me. And um, not long after that, I went to this party where um, Wairere Iti was there oh, yeah. and uh, another saxophone brother. And, um, Oh, everyone's just getting a bit drunk, hey, but he was in the um, sort of another lounge room having a jam with his brother on the piano and he was playing some pool or stuff. I think he was playing a kōwewo. And, um, and I was like, oh, far out. I've always wanted to have a jam on one. This was like when I first moved to Tamaki sometime around 1997, I think. Hey. And um, that was really when I first actually sort of had a um, had a play on this um, kōwewo and he kind of left it there, you know, and, you know, no COVID, so you just go and have a little jam on whoever's other goobies on you. <laughs> and um, and I started to get a sound out of it, like, pretty quickly, and I was like, oh, far out, that's cool. And then I noticed that other people came to have a jam later and they were getting just air out of it all the time. So I sort of thought, oh, maybe it's because I'm a musician. Uh, I might have, um, this might be something for me. So I started to, um, yeah just started to go down that pathway of like, oh, exploring it out a little bit more. And then one day this fellow in the Navy goes to me, because I joined the Navy not long after that. He goes, bro, do you know why you can play those taonga puro? And I said, mm, you tell me. And he's got real big lips, this fellow. Hoki Walker, his name is. Kia ora hoki if you're listening. 
He goes, it's because you've got a sad heart, bro. You can only play them if you've got a sad heart. It's <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> but he's kind of he's kind of right though, because kind of I just realised that actually compared to those kind of happy-go-lucky uh, Navy mates who are just out there rocking all the time, I kind of had a real contemplative, kind of more melancholic kind of part of me too. And I noticed when I played pool, or it kind of was getting invoked. So I thought, oh, this is a wrong way actually for me. So anyway, bro, that's just leading up to the start of it. Transition from saxophone. Um, and then moved into um, how Puuro kind of works and how it comes from our whakapapa. And of course, going through that whole journey, uh, meeting James and uh, learning more about Hirini. Um, I'd heard of Hirini before and just I loved his ahu of his kōrero, but I didn't realise the impact of what he'd done with that ropu, um, the whole manu at the start, you know, and, and those people like, um, you know, even Sana Murray and people from all around the motu who had this impact. And um, yeah, just learned a lot through James Webster actually. And um, he kind of like even invigorated me a little bit more because I was thinking, bro, where's our rhythm? So that's still part of my, my kaupapa. I want to like be part of us as a collective to be gifted our rhythms from our brothers and sisters and the Wananuya Kiwa sometimes. So yeah, that's an aspiration. Kilda. <laughs> yeah, well, you said it right there, is the journey is never a straightforward one. You know, coming from, you know, one of the epicenters of Taonga Puro in a way being... Rotorua nui ya kahumata momoi te Rotorua where te motu tapu a is and one of our most recognised pūrāko being Hinamorawa ko Tutanekai, you know, mm, and, and there are songs that have been written over the ages uh, of, you know, ko te ko wauwau i whakatangi hia a Tutanekai kia Hinamoa. Uh, and you have the descendants of those two that are alive today and that are spread all over, not just Te Arua and Rotorua, but all around the world that continue that legacy of that story in turning it from what was once thought to be myths and legends. And mm. so the descendants of all of our tūpuna recreate or create the continuation of our pūraka, of our stories, of our pūoro. And then... Mm. Because I think I'd heard of you when you were jamming Taonga Puro in the Navy, you know, because around that time, you know, I was in Atarangi mm. and we would go to different marae and one of the marae we went to was the naval marae up in Auckland and I was playing Taonga Puro um, at that stage and, and heard of this dude's name, Kelly Kahukiwa, who played Taonga Puro for the Navy and shared that wānanga and kōrero and... In my journey at that time, I was like, whoa, Jared, there's people in all areas with Taonga Puro. This is awesome because, like yourself, bro, I'd heard of Hirini Melbourne and Richard Nunn's and the impact that they were having. And because I was still learning about things Māori, the impact that it was having on the next generation mm-hmm. of not just musicians or artists, but the next generation of Māori, of of New Zealanders, of people living in this country because of our really rich and challenging history in Aotearoa. Mm. And so in that whole journey, you know, we tend to come across Taonga Puro in some awesome ways. And so, you know, hearing your story with, with Wairere, you know, jamming the saxophone, that's, you know, uh, the connections that we have and reconnections that we have uh, in amongst the people we meet, the people we are brought up with and, and our inspirations of those um, from the last generations.
One of the things that I've noticed with you over the years, bro, is the depth of your wānanga that you have and the story that you have with Taungapuro. So in terms of like where you were heading to at the end of uh, your kōrero mm. there, is where do you think uh, in your journey at the moment uh, Taungapuro is heading for you? Kia bro. That's a really beautiful lead in actually. All the kōrero that you just shared really um, is, first of all, I don't get to really have these kind of Kōrero, you know, like these um, whakawhiti kōrero that are often with, um, you know, like you and I are busy in our own worlds. Um, so it's nice to catch up when we do have these and it's like almost like we're trying to cram in quite a big, huge, massive iceberg into a cup sometimes, you know. And I guess, you know, to look underneath that iceberg, I think is first of all where I could see where it's going for me. And it's always been, um, I think a lot of people say this, I've never, even though I'm a, I'm a musician on different Pākehā Western world disciplines, and I love them, I don't see for me the pūro having the same kind of role musically as that for me. It's, it's actually adds the depth of the iceberg for the other things that I think I lie on top of that. So it's like I started playing the saxophone I started building the roof without building the foundations. So when I started uh, integrating pūro into my life, I realised that was the foundations of oro and of fe that we didn't, you know, I didn't really have before. So I'm constantly just trying to strengthen my foundations and I use it at the moment. Well, I, first of all, I help. Um, today I was with Oropu. Um, I work with people online. I work for Modia Consulting and we do just online wānanga with people, um, different companies, and we're trying to get really good outcomes for uh, Ngai Māori by working with, let's say, a table of people who are the head decision makers in a company who don't really know how to transition the pathway for Māori to come through to be the ones who sit at that table. So as we're talking about co-governance, co-governance is not easy. So I use pūro in that space to actually help those people at that table to realise everything about us that is from wairua um, depths as well. So they can actually start to feel who we are and they can resonate something inside of them. So I always think that when these pūro start going, they start activating a different construction of basically how our cells are configured as Māori is different how the cellular construction of someone who's non-Māori is, and, and we're not the same as people from India, for instance. And I believe that pūro has a big part to play with that, and I believe making those bridges back to te ao whakapata, te ao nehera, to keep making that bridge of sound to go back and start retrieving some of those tongue from Mairano, bringing them back in slowly, making sure we're culturally safe as we do it too. We don't want to bring back stuff that's from a time that's supposed to stay in there. But I believe the pūro does that. So I'm constantly um, checking myself on how the pūro are doing that and building bridges back to the past of my own whakapapa and slowly bringing back those little bits and I get to examine them again. And I use a practice called māori ori to do that, which is... This fella came around to um, Te Ataringa. I was at um, Taipari uh, up on the North Shore, Taraki Pai Whenua. I was at uh, Te Ataringa there. And one of the co-mātua was invited by his moko who was in the course with us. And he said, um, Koro, can you come and speak to our class? And he came and had a beautiful talk. And he said, um, this word Māori is, uh, well, let's just say that some people think it's a colonised word that's been put on top of us. But he said, oh, I'll ask you this. There are Māori throughout Te Moana Nui Akiwa. Did the colonised people go and colonise every single place and call everyone near Māori, the ones who are in Māori, Māori? I was like, oh, that's interesting for Kaoru. He said, do you know where I think it comes from? It comes from this word Māori-ori. Ori-ori uh, meaning resonance, uh, not just lullaby, but actually the resonance of sound, and Mā meaning purity. So he said that we are from the pure resonance. 
and the Maori uh, pure resonance, I started to think about that. And I said, um, I actually asked the Pātoi straight up to him. I said, uh, and I had a, a bit of a hidden kaupapa inside of it because I was thinking about pūoro. And I said, um, what do you mean by pure resonance, Matua? You know, he atatikanga o tēnei kupu ki uh, And he said, well, hei tawā, mohoau tahara ki te wairere o te waiheke, you know, waterfall, ka whakapā ki au ko te Maori ori. Hey, wrong wa moku. And I was like, oh yeah, true. True. You know, and we talk about that worldwide, eh? You know, like you go to the Ngahiri and the pure resonance from the Ngahiri refreshes pure resonance from the waterfall from the Moana. So I've always looked at Puro for me as being a bridge to enhancing the pure resonance, but also for me to give back. So I go to the Ngahiri and I don't play the people, I go to play to the Rako, those people, to try and give back some of the resonance. So sometimes I take this Cody and because it's Cody. I figured that it used to be he rako rangatira katu ki te ngahiri ki te waotapu. So me whakohoki ki te ngahiri ki a whakatangitangi atu ki o nauri, ki o namukupuna anō, and reinvigorate that relationship. So I, I look at things like that, and that's where pūoro kind of sits for me at the moment, is trying to have relationships with outside of human beings with pūoro at the moment. So yeah, mauri ora, bro, cool pātai. That's the beautiful thing, eh, bro, is... The essence of Taonga Puoro, when you hear it in today's world, people see it as music. When you're coming from, you know, te taha ahurea or that cultural lens, it's life. Mm. And so part of life is connecting with the environment. Part of life is using the environment for nutrients. Part of life is using the world around you for that nourishment, whether it's a tinana physically, a hinengaro a mentally, or a wairua spiritually. And so in that awesome corridor you just shared, that is the pure essence of like, as you said, uh, of Taonga Pūoro, the stories that we share when people hear Taonga Pūoro, they are the reo or the ho or the, as you said, the māori ori mm. of the vibrations of the ihirangaranga to our world around us. And our world interacts with us. It's just some of us have um, forgotten how to understand the translation in between. I really love the way that you said the kōrero in terms of the oro and the fe. Going back to the beginning of your kōrero and the pure sounds that we make, you know, there was this composition that was made overseas one time which I, I had to listen to, which was, it opened me up for uh, many reasons that you just explained in terms of uh, when this particular composer created this composition he had filled out he was a famous composer and he had filled out a whole concert hall full of people he had a symphony orchestra um, sitting in front of him and he went to go and stand on the conductor's space and ready to start his composition and for his whole show it was a show of silence you know, he started his piece and he got the orchestra ready. So the orchestra, before they do their concert, you know, they tune all of their instruments oh. to one another and everyone was ready and they quietened down and he was like, cool, compose yourself. And the audience knew that he was ready to begin. And as he began, you know, he got into a particular space and listening to it on the radio, it was really weird because you heard people shuffling. You mm. heard people breathing 
you heard people and you could almost picture people looking at one another, wondering what's happening. You know? <laughs> and, and then Are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah. And then when it came to the end of the, the concert, you know, he stood there and then changed his whole persona and bowed. And the audience looked at him and he got a standing ovation for about five odd minutes. You know? <laughs> and it was the power of silence because within silence, there was a cacophony of sound. You know, And for mm. me, like the kōrero you were just saying was like, when I hear Taonga Pūro, I can hear when Richard Nunz is playing because I know his mm. breath. I can hear when Hidani's playing because I know his breath. I know Kilda. James's breath. Aye. You know how he plays when he plays Taungapuru. And that's how yeah. I can differentiate without anybody telling me who's playing the Puru. Yeah, you and I have sat together enough times for me to start hearing and understanding your breath, not to the point that I know the others, but as you said, the oro and the fe. And, you know, it's exciting, bro, because Taungapuru isn't just about the music, it's the rongoa, it's the ha, it's a living entity. And that's what I got from your kōrero just now and reflecting back to the Māori ori that that komato was talking about. Mm. For many, it's like so simple, it can't be true. <laughs> yeah. you know, things have to be difficult, you know, things have to be difficult to actually be challenging, but going back to the oro, mm. going back to the fair of things, uh, it is so hard because we're wrapped in a world that is always evolving and always changing. Sometimes going to the ngahere and playing to the rako, playing to the leaves, hearing your kōwowo underneath the wairere, you know, mm. underneath the waterfall and actually playing along with the ngahere or the moana. I've, I've done that a number of times and every time you know, I've had manu come and kanikani. I've had crabs come around by my feet. I've mm. had, you know, the interaction is there and they're waiting for us to court it all with them. I would just call it, when I'm at the, I call it, um, you know, sometimes I have te reo tane hokohoka going through me. Uh, sometimes I just call te reo waunui. Honestly, bro, I grew up, you know, like I grew up near a lake. And when I moved down to Ototahi, um, I grew up at a place called Waimairi and um, close to there, was uh, Parkland, so it was kind of about a, a one-mile walk at that time, you know, you didn't really use kilometres, and because, um, you know, I was born in the mid-70s. So we walked up the road, and um, it was always the sound of the rolling uh, moana, and I was real east coast, you know, real east coast, and I moved up to Tamaki, oh, far out, lived Takapuna, right near the beach, so always around that, but when I came to Whangarei, actually, um, the beaches are so atahua here, you actually have to drive. It's part of a, you know, it's a real a labour of love to get to them sometimes. It's only a half an hour drive, but far, I used to live one minute walk from the beach, bro. <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, and takapuna. So here, it's all it's all ngahiri for me. So um, it's been really interesting and evolving how I view puro because it's really about um, me having this resonance. And so I have one rako that I go to all the time as my go-to um, karakia rako when I go into the ngahiri and that's like the waharo for me. There was a time, actually, you know how you've got the Cody cleansing stations there, the Cody dieback, um, the Phytophthora agathodisa. That's another thing that actually I've been pulled into um, sort of Cody spaces that I never really thought I would. It's only because of that ngahiri. That ngahiri has sort of been opening up doors for me. And I think it's because I actually went and took one of these. I went down to Waimango, Charles Royal, and went down to the, uh, you know, Faritapere down there, and these little anga that were down there, there's heaps of them on the beach, eh, hey, bro? Yeah, bro. So I actually got one of those ones. I don't even know what you call these ones, but they are taonga from down there, that's for sure. 
And I um I buried it underneath the roots of a Cody tree up there, which I call Cody Moke Moke because there's no other Cody growing around it. So I, I did a, a karakia and put this anga down underneath it, bro, and did some I basically did some koha to that raku and try to create a this connection with it. And you know, far out since then there's been a lot of sort of um spaces opening up between Puro and Cody itself, which I didn't really wasn't really my intention. I actually thought I was going to try and have a relationship with Matai because, you know, <laughs> everyone talks about this beautiful Rako Matai and there's a few Matai in that Ngahiri. I found them. I'm like, oh, mean, I've actually found some Matai. Cool. But no, it's been it's been a Cody kind of relationship at the moment. So that's one thing I'm really into. I'm not looking for any kind of outcomes from that. You know, I just want to literally just go in and have this interaction and it feels really good for my Modi. So that's a good thing. I think that um, people smoke cigarettes to breathe. I think they get addicted to breathing, you know? Yep. Slow, long breath. I think Puro has the same kind of thing, actually. If you want to get off the cigarettes, Fano, try and grab a Kowewo. <laughs> you know? And I think just the whole the whole breathing thing itself, you know, like being a saxophonist and um, having that appreciation of um, how beautiful it is to breathe a phrase of music where you have to stop. You know, you can't just sit there going on and on and on forever unless you're a circular breather or like a didgeridoo fellow, but uh, you actually have to have a, a pause and a break. And um, some other instruments are different. String instruments or piano, you can literally play for 10 minutes non-stop if you want to. You can't do that with puoro. So I love the idea that it's actually you have rolling conversations and kōrero just like a human has. Yep. So there's another thing around it that I think is really good for our hauwaras. We get to speak in a language of manu sometimes. We get to speak in a language of ngangara. We get to speak in a language of wai. You know, te wai e piata ata mai ana, ko te wai ata tēnei, you know. Yeah. We get to speak in metaphor through, um, through these to interact deeper with those surroundings. And that's a simple act. It's just a simple act of love, I see it as. Well, they have that um, whakatauki, you know, when Hirani, Richard and Brian, when they started working on the book Taonga Pūr or Singing Treasures, mm. you know, one of the people that they would mention quite often is a guy from down Te Waipaunamu Matiaho Tiramorehu and, and the whakatauki that a lot of Taonga Pūr practitioners uh, tend to reflect back on when we're doing our mahi. And it goes, Kei a te pō te tī matatanga o te waiatatanga mai a te atua, ko te ao, ko te ao mārama, ko te ao tūroa. Mm. Simply translated as, it was in the night where the gods sang the world into existence, from the world of light into the world of music. You know, and just that explanation you just had, you know, just that king had just came into into my head because it's mm. the inhale and exhale that allows us to walk the pathway of our own femininity and masculinity. Sure. You know, whether we are a man walking this oranga or whether we are a wahine walking this oranga, we have an inhale and an exhale and a space in between that allows us to understand the balance and how important that balance is between the two. You know, mm. we have te ao and te pō. You know, when we're in our conscious time and when we're in our subconscious time when we are sleeping, you know, and, and how each affirm one another's status, how each give acknowledgement to the well-being of our tinana, mm. to the well-being of our wairua. And I love your kōrero about, you know, ko te wai ratarata, te wai tipua, te wai oranga, you know, the story within our wai. You know, because with our wairua, I always give a little kōrero in understanding the, the potentiality of our, this thing called wairua and 
in terms of not just its spirituality and its translation, but its importance in its context in terms of the two waters and in terms of our taonga puro mahi that we are in. The first why being us as the vessel that carries the hand, that carries the breath, that carries the warmth of the oranga being te ira tangata, and the second why being the instrument, whether it is a kowawo, whether it is a tumutumu, whether it is a hue, whether it is a pūrerehua. Mm. And when we connect and become one, and this is where one plus one equals one, and <laughs> one plus Go one back. can equal three, you know, in terms of, and there are many mathematical or cultural explanations for each output. Beautiful, brother. I love that. And mm. so within that is when it's playing, you know, as you're saying, when you kakoha atu te pupu, te pupu rangi ki te kauri, i tōna moinga ki te tahuana akaaka, and ka whakatakoto nei te koha, a mā te wāua nō ka whakahoki atu a te koha ki you know, and so, mm. as you were saying, from the rustling waves of Tangaroa when you were doing your mile walk on the east coast of, of Otautahi mm. in Christchurch through to living in the metropolis of Takapuna, um, you know, and hearing those beaches up there to being in Whangarei where you, you have to drive around to Manaya to hear the waves properly, you know, because you just get the beautiful, tranquil waters in the bays of Whangarei. But when you go into the Ngahere, you know, he ao anō tērā. He tira waiata anō tērā. He tira puoro anō tērā. Sika, bro. In terms of the mahi that you do, bro, where do you see a progression of the mahi that you're doing for those keen enthusiasts that are out there or those uh, that are starting their journey with Taungapu, not hai. just as a musician, but those starting their journey into learning about the whakapapa, learning about the pūrāko. How would like a, a young wahine or young tāne or young mm. non-binary uh, whanaunga came up to you and, and they're looking for themselves and they're, they're trying to learn about kōwaiau? who they are okay. and mm. they're saying oh we heard that uh, you play Taonga Pūro can that well, what, what can Taonga Pūro do for my journey I'm going to be honest bro the very first time that someone would interact with me they wouldn't really understand um, where I'm coming from I think because I'm going to tell you if that's in your whakapapa that's yours therefore go spend some time with your whakapapa. And it's just like they say, you know, e tama, whakarongu ki ngā pātū o te whare. You know, go, go listen first. Um, I remember Stu Buchanan, bro, you know, so he he gave me the taonga of this, this taonga here. And the very first thing he said was, you cannot play the saxophone if you cannot hear the saxophone. And I was like, ah, oh, what does that mean? And I started to understand, you know, that you need to have the sound internalised inside your body first. So he was like, go listen to the same um, saxophone players the ones who really um, resonate. You know, you get that shiver that goes up your back. Yeah, bro. Goosebumps out to your arms and up the up your nape of your neck and, you know, you you just something's happened. You just had a spiritual experience in one second from one note that someone played. Well, <laughs> you need to go find those puro practitioners like Horo Monohoro or James Webster, like Hidney Melbourne, like um, Jerome, uh, like Ariana Tikao, like Al, like Alistair. You need to go start listening to people who are out there playing and they're doing things in different realms with the sound uh, internalize the sound inside of you. 
um, like Joel, like there's heaps of people out there. There's so many of these practitioners out there. And um, listen to them. Internalize the sound inside of you and work out what you like about the sound. I love, I love how you talked about Richard's actual breath because he sounds like he's an old queer doing a karanga on the mahou. And funnily enough, you know, when I actually really connect in, I feel like I can channel a queer as well, you know. Um, and you, you're getting the tangi now and you realize, why do our queer do that during tangi? Because they're trying to invoke an ancient part of our breathing system that inspires grief to be released out. So puro are actually um, little keys to me to unlock doors of grief inside of people as well. So I would say if you met Kelly Kahukio on the second time now, this is my next corridor for you, it would be like, now you've internalized the sound and you've had a tutu around with it, do you realize there's a responsibility that comes with these now? So go learn about the responsibility of the puro. Um, what is that? And then if people went away and started to work out what there was or they couldn't work it out, I'd sort of just start throwing a few breadcrumbs down, you know. And, um, and I'm, I'm quite mindful about this. Sometimes we can bring our own whakaaro along and it might belong to a whakaaro from 1997 or a whakaaro from 2018. And here's someone in 2022 going, but oh, we're in a progressive world now, the Kalika Hukiwa. I would say, kia tūpato. These here are healing modalities as well as being beautifully being able to interact with Pākehā Western music and actually enhance that Pākehā Western music now with a level of wairuatanga that they never could ever achieve before. So these are vessels that are holding dimensions of wairuatanga portals inside of them. So be careful. If you're going to use it to try and entice people from the opposite sex, just because you heard Tutanikai did that with uh, Hinimoa, kia tūpato. I'd say be careful. Don't make that your goal on this because I, um, I've noticed that that's a, a fruit that might be appearing at the moment because of... Um, you know, um, online marae such as Instagram, uh, perpetuating desire and a need where people, I think, think I need to be more Māori to do this. I need to have mata order to be um, fitting into this as well. And once people actually like are able to get the gift of mata order and they're like, wow, I feel really empowered and invigorated now. I think puro comes to be one of those um, things that comes down here, he rārangi momo pukinga tā te Māori. So it's yours, come and take it. Come and utilize it, but just kia tūpato. That's my own personal advice. I believe we need to whakatū ngā momo wānanga o te tāne ki te tāne, wahine ki te wahine, um, in this realm to try and teach some tikanga around the same as what we have on our marae tikanga. I think we um, need to also have these sort of kōrero amongst ourselves to make sure that um, there's a, still an old kind of world tikanga that's involved around um, the responsibility that comes with them the way to a doors that open up inside of people, the potential doors of grief you may open up inside of someone, how do you hold that space? And also um, at the end of that session, help to close it off safely with those people. Just be mindful of all these things. There's a power that these things have here. And I don't think we should be using it to entice people into anything else except for, for wrong wife for them. These are actually no del Māori. Hua no he taonga tēnei that has to be protected under Article 2 of the treaty. So... Uh, we're all responsible for that. Anything else that's been taonga Māori under Article 2 of the treaty has been treated as such. Uh, therefore, we're all responsible to make sure that this belongs as a taonga from te ao Māori, respected as a taonga from te ao Māori, and kept uh, that lineage kept alive and as a taonga from te ao Māori. Nā, kia ora, brother. Well, when we're talking about this thing called taonga, and thus the rongoa or, or the power or, or the, the magic of music, you know, music is in us, music is all around us, and it goes right back to the time of our atua and our pūrāko. 
And the times that you're talking about, you know, going and, and listening to the practitioners or the, or the musicians or the music that's out there, if you're wanting to be a player, go and listen to the storytellers if you're wanting to be a storyteller. And so, like anything, also understanding you know, the depth of the taonga that comes with it. And so with every grain that's grained naturally into the piece of rako that you're playing in your kōwawo, your putorino, whatever, that's its natural whakairo. And with every whakairo that's actually in a kōwawo, putorino, putatara, it has a story to tell. And you, as soon as you put your hands on it, as soon as your breath touches it, as soon as you hariru it, you actually are creating the next chapter mm-hmm. in the story of not only that puoro but your interaction of your world. And so, um, yeah, oh, ngā mihi nui mo tērā, brother. Before we actually finish up, I have sort of like a kōrero, because I know both you, myself, and other practitioners are out there, you know, we use taonga pūro in so many different areas of our lives, and not just as we spoke of earlier, the interaction of it being a musical instrument, we use it as a, a modular, as you said, of, of rongoa, we use it as a tool of connectivity, and the mahi that you're doing in terms of the interaction of the people that you meet within your mahi you're doing, you know, these are building this next generation of taonga pūro players. Haumanu uh, Collective, which, you know, is all of the whānau that are around our motu that choose to use taonga pūro as a conduit, choose to use taonga pūro as a tool in their lives to ripple out the effect of this taonga and, as you said, notao Māori. So although we have players and practitioners and educationalists of taonga pūro that are non-Māori, uh, you know, one of the taonga about it is notao Māori the richness of the pūrāko, the kōrero and the reo mm. is from um, the Māori culture. Bro, it's, it's straight up mātauranga Māori. Is, is, you just look at it when the people say, he a tēnei mea te mātauranga Māori. Uh, tēnei. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's all encompassed, right? You know, so yeah, it's a he tino taonga tēnei. Yeah. And so within, within there is, kei ākoe e tahi kupu mutunga. Tera pia no tetahi whakatauki, no tetahi kinga, no tetahi pūrākau, i ahu mai i roto i ākoe, kia kōrero atu ki te meninga e whakarongo mai ana ki tēnei o ngā kōrero. Do you have like, any finishing kōrero in regards to the world of taonga pūro and the opportunities that we have with taonga pūro but for those that are listening to us at the moment, is there any final kōrero for those, whether it's they're getting into pūro or they're starting in, they're coming across a challenge in taonga pūro or they're actually loving their space of taonga pūro, is there any reflection that you have in your journey with taonga pūro that you could leave with the whānau as a kōrero whakamutunga, as, a, as, as some advice uh, to leave for the whānau that are, uh, yeah, Loving the world of Taonga Pūro. Mm, tēnā koe, o ki te hunga whakaorongo, tēni te mihi mai oha, te mihi uh, whakahirahira, te mihi rangatira ki a koutou nei. Uh, hei, kua noho mai, uh, kia whaka, ata whakaorongo ki uh, tēnei, uh, 
Koro Horomona, Metehunga Puro, Yahumai Mato, Ine Onga Ahurea. This is our generation. So, uh, this is what I'd like to say. Um, I've kind of saved this till the end, I guess. Um, is that when our Puro were um, taken away from us, and um, when we took on uh, tools of Te Pakeha, and we actually parked aside our Puro for a while, that was just like one of those old VHS tapes, you know, where someone just pushed pause. And they push pause at that time. And it's actually our generation right now who are the ones who are unpausing that videotape right now to continue the story of Puro on. So it's it's a time of being respectful of how the lineage of our Puro was and also to softly innovate. When I mean softly innovate, I mean if you follow the pathway of Whakairo, Whakairo actually innovates slowly, 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 slowly. And, and lo and behold, after 80 years, you get a massive amount of innovation. And that's how the old Māori classical apprenticeships kind of work. Um, so those who are keen, come into it with the whakaro that actually you're going to help to grow um, pūro. You're going to help to grow it into a beautiful um, future. It's not a static, um, fallen asleep art form that sits in museums. People like Oromona are bringing it out. You know, people like Jerome are bringing it out there. It's being put out there onto the world stages. It's being put out there in beautiful waiata places and spaces. Um, innovate. Here's just an example of innovation. I've gone and um, made this feku here, which is actually a... Um, there's a hole. We don't have our, our rhythms still. We're still working on that whānau. So it's up to us, Ngai Māori, to go and work out how we can start to, you know, te meo te pātukituki. And I don't believe we should be innovating by ourselves. We need to start creating relationships with the moana nuiākiwa and ask our tuakana how would they like to contribute to us getting our rhythms too. So we actually go back and ask our whānau to be part of our journey. So... There's different ways, you know, you can use um, different uh, ways of innovating some of these sounds, but I'd like to see us as a whānau moving forward um, and starting to say this is the generation where we start to um, bring our rhythms and start to amplify it out a little bit uh, larger and slowly innovate there. So um, I'll just leave that kōruru with us right now and see where it goes. Um, there's an idea too of um, us looking as a collective of some type of he momo kura puoro, uh, you know, I'd love to see that we actually innovate an indigenous music school, but we use it as an exchange point where we get other practitioners from Tumananui Akiwa to come through and spend time with us, wānanga beside us, and bring their pūkinga with us. They take some of ours back with them. We've already had people from Hawaii come here, learn some of our pūro to go back and re-enhance their practices, but we'd like them to come here and share some of their rhythmic practices, for instance. So, e whakaaro, e whakaaro, and... Um, just, I would just say, um, you know, um, if you're not into pūro at the moment, it's not sounding right, tune up your ngāko, tune up your heart, and it'll come out straight away. And um, I'm not saying that in one of those kind of hippie kind of um, kōruru. I actually truly mean it. You can't do this unless you have a real connection from uh, to the the pātukutuku tamanoa, who are not Māori uh, I can definitely attest to that last statement you made there, Bray, is it doesn't matter whether you've been playing for two minutes two days uh, or two decades, you know, if you're not feeling right, you know, the pūoro will let you know by not playing for you. And so <laughs> you can be on a world stage and everybody, everybody's thinking, oh, yeah, he's going to play, he's going to play, and then you pick up the instrument you usually play and then it just stops playing, you know, until you've come to your balance. And so 
ngā mihi nui e hoa, and hei kōrero whakakapi mōku, a tēnei au me kira te uri whakaheke o te pū o te whike, o hokianga whakapau karakia o taumārere e mihi kawatsu ana kia koe e te uri o ngā pūmanawa e waru o te arua, tērā o ngā moana i whakatinana hea i tō tūpuna a, a ihenga i tōna oranga kia rongo ai tātou ngā uri whakaheke ngā pūrākau o mua. Nō reira, e te hoa e te rangatira e Kelly, tēnei au a horomona e mihi kauatuana ki a koe mai te pito o te ngākau o te whānau o haumanu, ki a koe e te whānau o haumanu, ki a rongo ai ngā whānau whānui i enei kōrero, i enei taonga, o tātou nei. Nō reira, e te whānau, ko māua anō tira, just for those listeners out there, that's us for this particular session for you, and once again, just an honour to have another kōrero with the brother Kelly Kahukiwa coming from Te Taitokerau, and the beautiful, wonderful uh, kōrero that's happened in this particular session of our Homanu podcasts. Kia ora, bro. I love that. I love that kōrero. Thank you, bro. Yep, and so... Um, just in closing, whānau, there's a short saying and the mahi that Kelly does reminds me of it and it was a whakatauki that I came across a number of years ago and it's really short and it goes, Hauatu, haumai, kia rongo te ao. And so once again, Hauatu, haumai, kia rongo te ao. And so, uh, e te hoa e Kelly, tenei te mihi ake kia koutou, e tātou katoa e whakarongo mai ana ki tenei o ngā reo, uh, tenei au ka mihi ake kia koutou, uh, tēnā koutou, uh, tēnā koe e te hoa, tēnā tātou e te whānau. Ko te piko, te mahuri, ko ia te tipu a te rakau, Ta 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 